This is a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. Well, one week to Christmas. Anyone feeling like one week is not long enough? Oh, some people are feeling like one week is too long. Yeah. Um, This month for a lot of us is dominated by the lead up to Christmas, but for me, this month has been dominated by this, the World Cup, the drama, the excitement, the mighty Socceroos winning not one but two matches. How good. Um, Looking forward to tomorrow morning, Messi versus Mbappe. Any, any France fans? Any Argentina fans? You! Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, my sermon tonight isn't about football, but I thought I'd have to crowbar it in there anyway because the World Cup would be over by tomorrow. Um, no, really, uh, tonight we're looking at a song. And I don't know if you've noticed, but football fans love their songs. They love to sing. And I think that's kind of interesting, because when I was in high school, there were kind of two types of people at high school. There were the people who loved singing and drama and art, and there were the people who loved football. And they weren't the same people. So what are all these football-mad people doing singing all the time? What is that about? I reckon that it's about the two things that songs give you that you can't really get from anything else. And those two things are that songs allow you to express emotion and enjoy unity. We sing and we dance to celebrate, to rejoice, to praise our favorite team or our favorite player. We do it together with all the other fans of our team. We learn these songs and we join in with one another because we're on the same side. We're together with thousands of people singing and chanting for our team. Now, here's the thing. I reckon that church is the same thing. Controversial. We sing, we dance, we mosh, some of us, to celebrate, to rejoice, to praise God. And we do it together with our fellow Christians. We learn these songs and we join in with one another because we're on the same side. We're together with the people in unity. And actually, a lot of the songs that we sing here are not just songs that we sing here. They're actually Christians in other churches around Australia, around the world, are singing these songs with us. There's a kind of team spirit, this connection that we have, unifying us with our brothers and sisters. So... Tonight, with that in mind, we're going to look at a particular song or chant that a particular person who's kind of famous sang. So let me give you the story. Uh, this is from Luke. Uh, if, you want, if you have a Bible, you can pull up Luke chapter 1. Uh, but let me just fill you in with the story. Uh, we've got these two women. There they are on the screen. Well, actually, well, that's not them because they didn't have cameras back then, but you get the idea. You've got Mary... Uh, who you've all heard of, who's, who's Mary the mother of? 
Good, you're paying attention. Uh, and Elizabeth. Now, if you've been in our morning services, you'll know the answer to this. Who's Elizabeth the mother of? John the Baptist. Good. You were listening. So these two women are both pregnant. They both got babies in their wombs. Uh, one of them, uh, both of them have miraculous pregnancies. Elizabeth, it's miraculous because she and her husband are very old, too old to have children, and yet God does a miracle and gives Elizabeth a baby. And Mary is also miraculous because, as you know, she's a virgin. And both of them have been told by God, you're not just getting a miraculous pregnancy because I feel like it, you're getting a miraculous pregnancy because this baby is going to grow up to do amazing things for me. Elizabeth's baby is going to prepare the way for God's promised king, the Messiah. And Mary's baby is going to be that Messiah, the Christ, the king. Now, they're hanging out together because they know each other. In fact, they're actually related to each other. Um, Some people like to say that they're cousins I discovered that that comes from the King James Version mistranslating the Greek word. Uh, The word there is actually just the word for relatives. There is actually a Greek word for cousins, and that's not this word. So I don't know what's going on with that. They're not cousins, but there's some kind of relationship there, family relationship. Um, It can't be a super close relationship because Elizabeth is from the tribe of Levi and Mary is from the tribe of Judah. Um, But... I don't know, maybe they're second cousins twice removed or something. Um, There's some connection with the families. Now, I don't know any of my second cousins once removed. Uh, Maybe you don't either. Maybe you do. I don't know. But in those days, the big extended family was a big deal. Mary knows Elizabeth well enough that she travels from her village to Elizabeth's village and stays at her house. And actually, that's where our story begins. Our story begins with Mary arriving at Elizabeth's house. Now, Mary knows that Elizabeth is pregnant. And in fact, the angel that spoke to her about her pregnancy spoke to her also about Elizabeth's pregnancy, that Elizabeth has this miraculous pregnancy. But Elizabeth knows nothing of any of that. She's in the dark. She just knows that her young relative Mary is coming to stay over. Let me pick up the story. I'll actually read it for you. Uh, So we're in Luke chapter 1, and we're starting at verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfil his promises to her. Elizabeth knows by God's 
intervention, by the Holy Spirit filling her with knowledge. She knows even before Mary tells her about being visited by an angel. She just knows that Mary is carrying the unborn Messiah. And, crazy, her baby knows. John the Baptist, unborn, leaps in the womb with excitement as he gets to meet the Messiah before he's even born. And so, in this moment of unbridled joy, Mary responds in song. Did you know this? This is kind of like the first ever Christmas carol, before Christmas. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Does that sound like a song to you? Not really? It's unfortunate when you translate something from one language into another, it kind of loses its rhythm or its rhyme or any of that kind of stuff. It doesn't really scan properly for me when I read that. And during the week I was like, it'd be really cool to be able to like sing Mary's song together as a congregation. Uh, I didn't write a melody, and actually I had a lot of trouble even putting it in, in any kind of form. So what I've done is I've done my own translation. Now, I'm not a professional Bible translator, so that's why I've given you the, the, the official translation first. This is the authorised NIV translation, but we're going to do the JSV, uh, the Johnny Sharp version. Uh, and we're going to have a go at chanting this together. Are you with me? Are you willing to, to go out on a limb with this? I'm getting a nod. Uh, uh, only one, but, you know, that's a start. Um, what we're going to do is this side of the room here, you guys are going to do all the odd-numbered lines. So the first line, the third line, so on. And this side over here, you guys get to do all the responses, the second line, the fourth line, and so on, like the indented ones. I've made it easy so you know you're up to. You're, you're the non-indented, and you're the indented. I'll do all of it so you know we're up to. Um, are you willing? Are you, you going to go with me on this? Cool. All right, let's, let's do it. All right, you ready? Over this side first. I, we should get a clap going or something, shouldn't we? Nice and slow, not too fast. There you go. You ready? Ready, go. My heart is singing, the Lord is great. My soul rejoices in God my Saviour, me, his humble servant girl. Now and forever, they'll call me blessed. Forgot to click. The mighty one, his name is holy. He's done incredible things for me. His mercy reaches all the worshippers, fathers and mothers, daughters and sons. Mighty deeds he has done with his arm. He scattered the arrogant, knowing their thoughts. He hurled the rulers 
down from their thrones and raised the humble up from the dirt. He filled the hungry with food and drink and sent off the rich with nothing to eat. He rescued his servant, Israel his child, because he remembered his mercy of old. He kept his promise to our ancient ancestors, Abraham and his children forever. Woo! How good. There you go. It worked, kind of. I just need to get the clicks on, on the, on, you know. This is why it's your job, not mine, to click the next slide. Um, anyway, we should actually, like, take a closer look at these words. So this is where it starts again. We'll go back to the top. You don't have to chant it again. We'll just, we'll just work our way through it slowly. So Mary begins her song by declaring that this is not just any old song. This is a song from deep within her, from inside her very soul, heart and soul. She is focused on the greatness of God, on the salvation of God, and she's aware of her own status before God. She calls herself his humble servant girl, and yet she knows that she's going to be called blessed forevermore. Isn't it amazing that 2,000 years later, we are still calling her blessed? And she goes on. She continues in this same kind of vein to call God the mighty one. This is the mighty one who can give her a child in this miraculous way, a virgin birth. And she says, he's done incredible things for me. But... There's always a but, isn't there? If you were here last week uh, when Lewis was preaching, is this really an incredible thing or is this a hard thing? This is a big ask that God has given her a child to carry, an incredible risk and hardship. You know, she's going to have a baby born out of wedlock, which in those days was a really big deal and there was a lot of stigma attached to that. Uh, Not to mention just any pregnancy 2,000 years ago was a huge risk before there was modern medicine. But in this moment, at least, she's not focused on the challenge. She is full to the brim with thankfulness instead. Isn't that amazing? It takes a lot of faith to remain thankful in a situation like this, to see the goodness of God, even in the midst of a challenging time. And here she introduces what is really a key word, this word mercy. You see, the part of the reason she can be so thankful in this moment is that she's not just focused on herself and on the kind of danger or difficulty that she's in in her own individual life. She's actually thinking about the way that this baby is bringing mercy to the whole world. His mercy extends, it's said in the NIV, which I went reaches because extends didn't work right for me. But yeah, reaching out and this idea of, of all the generations that come after will all receive this mercy that we, 2,000 years in the future, celebrate exactly the same mercy that she is 
foreseeing, even before Jesus is born, that this is the one who is going to take away the sins of the world. This is the Messiah who's going to save the people of the world. And that leads her into what I think is the most interesting part of her song. There aren't many Christmas carols that touch on this idea. There are a few. In fact, the ones we sang tonight nearly get there. This is Mary looking forward to her son as a king, but an unusual king in a, in a strange kingdom. Uh, she says all these things in, in the past tense, but she's really thinking of them in the future. And actually, that's, that's a common thing in the Bible. Uh, a lot of the Old Testament prophets speak in this way. They use a past tense to talk about things that they can see God is going to do, but they're so sure that God is going to do it that it may as well have already happened. It's that fixed, it's that certain, that it almost feels like a memory. She talks about this kingdom. Jesus is going to call it the kingdom of God when he grows up. This kingdom turns the world our upside-down world up the right way. I was going to say turn the world upside down, but really, it's turning our upside-down world over and turning it up the right way. No longer will the rich and powerful always get their own way. No longer will the poor and powerless be trampled underfoot. No longer will injustice be overlooked. No longer will the victims be forgotten. God is doing a new thing as Travis preached this morning. God is sending his son to be this saviour king. And Mary knows all of this before Jesus has preached his sermons, before Jesus has gone around doing his healings, before Jesus has died on a cross, before Jesus is raised again. How does she know so much already? This young woman, well, because she's experiencing it already. She is young, in a, in a world where age meant a lot. She is poor in a world where money meant a lot. She's female in a world where being male meant a lot. She is unmarried in a world where marriage meant a lot. She is a Hebrew where Roman citizenship meant a lot. In almost every way, she is at the bottom of the social order of her time. And yet, this angel has come and has told her, you are going to be the mother of the Messiah. You are the favoured one. Elizabeth said it again. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfil his promises to her. Blessed are you among women. She gets it already. And this king, her son, he's not going to be born in a palace with a great fanfare, presented from the balcony of the palace to all the gathered dignitaries? No, this king will be born in a stable 
to a poor family with no sign of an extended family, alone. Not visited by excited friends and relatives, but visited by a bunch of strange shepherds. And soon, this little family will become a refugee family, living in hiding in Egypt. With a king like that, of course, this is what his kingdom will be like. It's a revolutionary idea, isn't it? When you read those words, when you chanted them, it's like a revolutionary chant. Hurling rulers down from their thrones, raising the humble from the dirt, filling the hungry with food and drink, and sending off the rich with nothing to eat. That is a changed world, isn't it? This Jesus is the rescuer the saviour. And first and foremost, he is the rescuer and the saviour of a particular people, God's chosen people. He is the one that they were promised from the very beginning, from before they were even a family, sorry, before they were even a nation, when they were only a family, when they were only one man, Abraham. You know, this is, I'll read to you what God said Uh, to Abraham, I'll put it on the screen too, Uh, this is about 2,000 years before Mary and Jesus and Elizabeth and John, God said, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you, I will make your name great and you will be a blessing, I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And Mary remembers that, Mary knows that, and Mary knows that this one in her womb is the one who will make Abraham's name truly great, the one who will make, uh, who will be a blessing to all the peoples of the earth. So then, how do we respond to Mary's song. What does it mean for us to join in? It means more than just chanting, because I made you do it. Does Mary's song make you sing? You know, I think there is something infectious about singing and chanting. There is something about this song that for me makes me want to sing along. I want to celebrate with Mary that I too have a saviour whose mercy reaches out to me. I have a mighty Lord and King whose name is great. And he is a King who tears down the selfish, arrogant structures of power and wealth that corrupt those at the top and squash those at the bottom. He's a king who raises up the humble and fills the poor with food and drink. This is a God who keeps his promises for thousands of years. For 2,000 years from Abraham to Mary, another 2,000 from Mary to me. And if my life is a struggle, and it is at times, 
And if things feel out of control, if I start to feel like a young, poor, unwed mother in first century Palestine, or some equivalent of that, like if Mary can sing this, then so can I. If Mary can celebrate what God has done and what God is continuing to do, that God is a God who brings the hope of sure promises, of salvation, of mercy, of love from God to me and to you. Isn't that worth celebrating? It's not a rhetorical question. Is that right? Is that what I say? Yeah. Isn't that worth celebrating? If it is, stand up. For real. And we're going to sing. The band's like, wait, what? <laughs> should, we do, should we do the chant first? One more time? Hey, I've, I've got to run back through the slides. I didn't, I didn't prepare for this. Here we go. All right. Oh, we will rock you, Riff. <laughs> I reckon, I reckon that'll work. All right, this side first. My heart is singing. The Lord is great. My soul rejoices with God, my Savior. Me, His humble, oops, servant girl. Now and forever, they'll call me blessed, the mighty one. His name is holy. He's done incredible things for me. His mercy reaches all the worshippers, fathers and mothers, daughters and... He scattered the arrogant, calling their thoughts. He hurled the rulers down from their thrones and raised the humble up from the dirt. He filled the hungry with food and drink and sent off the rich with nothing to eat. He rescued his servant, Israel his child, because he remembered his mercy of old. He kept his promise to our ancient ancestors. You. This has been a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. To continue the conversation, we invite you to join us Sundays at 9.30am and 5pm or on our website at www.nvbc.info.